Hey there, this is Dr. Tim Stafford, and this is Instructional Design Confidential. Around here, we call it ID Confidential. And uh, this is a program about instructional design for instructional designers and those who are in the instructional design business. Um, the idea uh, behind this is that is that we want to talk to the talk to the people who are doing this um, in, in unique ways. We want to talk to people who are different parts of being the instructional designers, uh, and we want to um, we want to really engage in the idea of instructional design and how both best practice and 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 some theory how um, you know how we can become better at doing uh, this thing that we that we all love to do and how we can make learning and development um, and education richer and more impactful uh, for students of, of all ages and uh, and all kinds from all different walks of life. And so the first two episodes um, that I, I really want to start with is I just want to start with some groundwork and uh, and then I and then following that we'll start looking uh, you'll we'll start having some uh, some interviews with folks and we'll start talking about some specifics but um, in the world of instructional design, really, I think where we need to start are, you know, what defines the praxis or the practice of instructional design. And when we talk about the word praxis, what we're really talking about is how do we practice instructional design in light of the theory that's out there? So how do we separate practice from theory? And I think there are some definitives in the praxis of uh, instructional design that are really important. And I just want to touch on these uh, briefly in this episode. I think the first thing, the first definitive that's important about instructional design is it has to be learner-centered. I mean, the key here is that learners are engaged and that learners are performing. You know, I mean, think, I think sometimes the simplest, uh, it's like a Occam's razor, right? The simplest explanation is usually most, most probably the right one. The, the, the easiest ex- explanation of what instructional design is, is that it's learner-centered. We want to design things that learners can do to prove that they know and can do what we think they know they can do. And so the key of being of instructional design being pr- practically successful is learner engagement and learner performance. So it's got to be learner-centered. The second thing is it's got to be outcome-oriented. If you work at all in instructional design, the word outcome becomes just a major part of what you're doing in the instructional design process. You're, there are program outcomes, there are out, there are mission outcomes of an organization or, or, or an institution, and then there are program outcomes that a course is going to fall into, and they're, they're going to have to align to those. And then there are course outcomes that show that they're, that what the course is hoping to do and how that aligns to the program. And then there are module or, or week level or, or individually uh, individual level outcomes of modules that you know each each course is made up of a set of modules and each module has outcomes that try to show what we're what we're how we're aligning what the students are reading and doing and and engaging with and performing that will help them align to all the other outcomes so it has to be outcome oriented and the key is that the alignment of outcomes has to there has to be an alignment of all these outcomes to the goals and the missions of the organization. And just, there's just so much about it. And so it's probably one of the most difficult parts of doing instructional design. Well, especially when you're working with an SME, but it's one of the most critical pieces is how do we get the outcomes written and aligned? Um, the, the third thing is, uh, is demonstrative, you know, good instructional design has the learners demonstrate things. 
It isn't just, it isn't always just talking about theory. Although there is some of that. And even then they're demonstrating their knowledge of a particular theory or how to apply a particular theory. But what's really important is asking the question, David Merrill in his work with um, first principles of instruction, one of the big pieces that you walk away in instructional design is what do you want the students to be able to do? And that's a really important question. And it's, it's critical to the instructional design process. What is it that you want the students to be able to do? And then how do you define that? And then how do you measure that they were able to do it, which is the next thing that instructional design and practice has to be measurable. This is why we work so hard with things like Bloom's taxonomy and so many other things that we say, um, if it's not measurable, then I, I can't know if it worked or not. I can't evaluate it. And so it's not evaluated. It can't be evaluated if it's not measurable. And so the key is to gain data through measurement and performance. And so you can see now why it has to, why what we've said before is so important. It has to be outcome oriented. And it has to be demonstrative. If, if it's not, then it's hard. It's very hard to measure. And so even in our outcomes, we use action verbs instead. We'll, we'll say something like, um, you know, create a model and instead of saying, understand model creating. We, we never say understand because we don't, it's very hard to measure understanding, but it's easy to measure if they were able to create a model or not based on a set of guidelines, or if they were able to demonstrate some sort of skill. Um, that's much easier to measure than just say, understand skills needed to do this. That That is not, um, that's not uh good, good instructional design, but it's not, it's not easy. It's not really measurable. And so it's going to be impossible for us to know if this, if the course actually works. Uh, the next thing, uh, the fifth thing is that it really needs to be collaborative. Um, you know, when we're doing instructional design, what I've been talking about up to this point is really what goes into a course learner centered, outcome oriented, demonstrative, measurable. These are all things that kind of go into the course, but then Part of being an instructional designer too is to be collaborative. We do a lot of project management. We do a lot of collaborative work with SMEs. We do a lot of collaborative work with artists and artisans of different kinds. We we do a lot of collaborative work with stakeholders. It's a it. The key is can we build teams and work smart? If we can work smart, then when we work hard, you know, I, I really believe in working hard. And so sometimes I think when people say, "Well, work smarter, not harder," it sounds like they're they're trying to work less. I say if we if we work smarter, then the hard work that we do has a much greater impact, and it is much better work at the at the end of the day. So it's got to be collaborative. We've got to always. It's very difficult to do successful instructional design work on an island all by myself, and I have had opportunity to be the instructional designer and also the SME for a course. It's very lonely out there doing that because it's much better when you can when you can talk with others and even then when I did that I still worked with a graphic designer I still worked with other people because ultimately I put the team together that ultimately meant I work smarter and then the final thing about instructional design and practice which a lot of people I don't know that we really think about this very often but it's iterative you know you're going to put a course out there I, I mean universities know this they put a course out there and then it goes into a review cycle it comes back And we start gathering data almost immediately when we launch a course out into the public. 
We get data from the students, how they liked the course, what did they think? We get data back from the instructors, well, how did they, how did it go? Did it did it work the way that we had designed it? A lot of time, a lot of universities uh, and institutions will have this subject matter expert also teach the course the first couple of times around, so that there can be an iteration that we can make changes. Don't ever think that anything that you do in instructional design can't be changed. We can find a typo that we have to change. We can find um, a wording, a wording that we that we need to change. It just didn't, just isn't coming across right. A picture that might be better than another picture, a graphic that might be better, a way of explaining a process better. There's just so many ways that it can be iterated. And so when we build something in instructional design, we got to make sure that we always keep in mind that this isn't the last time we're going to touch this. And that makes it easier to launch sometimes because sometimes we're just so worried about making sure we got everything. But truth is, sometimes we'll miss something. And there's always an iteration process that allows us to go back. Doesn't mean that we should do shoddy work. It just means that it doesn't have to be totally perfect and we don't have to know for sure it's going to work. If we've done the best that we can and we've put the best practices involved we can and we've designed things to the very best ability, we've got a lot of people looking at it and everything is everything is learner-centered and outcome-oriented and measurable and we've just done everything we can, well, then let's put it out there and see what happens. And knowing that there's an iteration cycle that's built into the instructional design process that allows us to go back and fix things, tweak. Uh, I like to say design, implement, evaluate, and tweak. It's like the T on the end of it, right? We can always go back and tweak it. We can always go back and make changes. So those are really the things. If you're going to put instructional design in praxis, um, apart from theory, those uh, six things are really important. Learner-centered, outcome-oriented, demonstrative, measurable, collaborative, and iterative. And if we can think about that in terms of being instructional designers, then that's how we do great work, smart work, and we and we utilize the people that we work with to their best ability so that we come up with some really dynamite stuff. Well, that's all I have for today. This is Dr. Tim Stafford. This is ID Confidential. Catch you next time. Thank you.